notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Death by Stereo. Even though you're a vampire, you're still my brother. He's my brother from another mother, but he's not a vampire that I'm aware of. Then again, we're not from Santa Carla with all the damn vampires. Yeah, not Santa Clara, Santa Car- Carla. I can't even say it properly, damn it. He's Jim. I'm Kevin. We're running the triangle offense for a second consecutive week. This week, we are joined by very funny stand-up comedian, Shane Herman. Shane, how are you? Hi. Hi. Hi, fellas. How are you? Shane Frog. Great to be here. Hey, buddy. Now, Shane, of all the guests we've had, not <laughs> diminishing any of the other ones. But Legit Shane brought merch. Brought merchandise. Did bring memorabilia. It's, he has an autographed script of this week's movie, autographed by, did you say Feldman? Feldman. Okay. The one that's still alive, that one. Now, did you oh. get it? Did you bring this to the Naya Bingy when Corey Feldman played the Naya Bingy? I did not. And have him sign it. No, this actually was a gift from my friend Tony. Uh, we were at, I was at a West Side Bowl. Yep. We were all hanging out, and uh, he's like, hey, I got you something. And I'm like, and he's just a super nice guy. Yeah. Like He's always, like, buying us, like, beers or whatever, like, bringing stuff. Hey, I got you this hat. I know you like the Steelers or whatever, stuff like that. That's cool. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, Tony. And he brings it, and he gives me this paper bag, and I take it out, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's a Lost <laughs> Boy script. <laughs> And I look, and he's like, yeah, it's signed by Corey Feldman. He's like, I yeah. got it online. I know you like the Lost Boys, because that's all you talk about on Facebook for, like, the past five years. I think longer than that, buddy. Watch it, yeah, constantly. Yeah. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And he gave me that, and I was like, that's amazing. Then I have my uh, my David Funko Pop that my buddy Tommy Excellent. got me for my birthday a couple years ago. Now, do they have variants of that? Do they have a, a regular David and then a vamped out David? I don't know. This, yeah. That'd be cool. That, that would be cool, because you know I don't know how they do to. the eyes, because yeah. the eyes are always black. On right. these things, yeah. you'd have to warm them up. But it's a, it's David eating the noodles. Yeah, just noodles that are warms. Yes, warms. They were warms, warms. in the movie. They were warms. 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 They're, are they warms? Warm? Are they cool or warms? What the fuck are you talking about? I said warms, <laughs> like goddamn earthworm. Worms. Warms. <laughs> it's W O R M. Yeah, you're it's pronouncing W A R M. It's warm. No. Worm. What? No, er. it's not. Okay, it's warm outside. Next thing you're going to say it's syrup and not syrup, that it is syrup. It's <laughs> warm outside and there are worms in the ground. Oh, fuck off. It's not right. warm outside and there's worms. <laughs> Whatever, it's warm. Yeah. You know, okay. earth, you know, earth. Do you like earth do you play, warm gym? Do you play earth worm gym? No, it's earth warm gym. Oh, this is <laughs> for fuck's sake. This is bad. Start Jack over. Bauer hit vampire that, man. Okay, hit that intro again. <laughs> Start so over. When you eat eight hot dogs at a time. Yeah, let's get back into this two weeks in a row. I ate hot, eight hot dogs with buns before we recorded two weeks ago. Is that okay? Were, in, were you in a contest? No, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you win? I had Kobayashi? Eight, I didn't do speed. I had eight hot dogs in like 20 minutes that's that's 
an abnormal amount yes. not, no, of yes. roller meats to well, eat in one sitting. That's a good that's segue a because yeah, uh, it's the whole pack. <laughs> <laughs> I got my money's worth. Jim ate eight warm hot dogs <laughs> that contained worms. <laughs> Because I think hot dogs are made of Would worms. you go to a restaurant and say, excuse me, can I get eight hot dogs, please? You can go to Jim Jab and get a family pack of 20. That's like, it's like, 20. it reminds me of, uh, was a Blues Brothers when he's like, two whole fried chickens <laughs> in a Coke. <laughs> I think eight hot dogs is normal. All right. So Shane is here to cover, not worms, but a movie Maybe that a has it warm. all. Maybe that's <laughs> the problem. Uh, most of all, hunky 80s vampire boys, but also... Jason Patrick, when he had the future in the palm of his hand. And then blew it. The Corys. Also, young Jamie Gertz, long before she probably dreamed of owning the Atlanta Hawks. A sexy sax player, long before he dreamed of playing at the Mexican restaurant <laughs> in my neighborhood. I thought you were going to say sexy Diane Weist. No, not a, no. And uh, which that, yeah, that particular thing happened, right? Uh, I think as COVID took off or prior to COVID. The sax man, yeah. Tim Capello, played at El Cowboy Mexican Restaurant. Kind of wish I would have known. I really thought they canceled that, and that's why I didn't They go. might have. I mean, because yeah. I saw it, and then I tried to get tickets for it, and I didn't see it on their website I don't think you had to get Because believe me, because at that same time, Steel City Con was supposed to have yeah, Corey I, we Feldman yeah. at Steel City Con. I'm like, are you and kidding me? In one summer, weekend. I'm going to see yeah. sexy sax guy and Corey Feldman. And Booger and Curtis Armstrong. Not yeah. in The Lost Boys. Yeah, no, he was. He could have been. Boys. He was. Uh, I haven't mentioned it Still yet. This it. is the Pool Scene Podcast. Lost Boys was inspired by Peter Pan, obviously, going as far as to borrow the title. Except these boys, who don't grow old, are vampires, not just, you know, kids. Yeah. And originally, this movie was supposed to be directed by Richard Donner, modeled off of the recent success of The Goonies. And you can see... A few like Goonies elements in this one. Donner's version was more 13, 14 year old vampires with the Frog Brothers being Boy Scouts. Schumacher was responsible for the shift towards more adult characters. However, Donner did stay on as executive producer. This one got an R rating, although by today's standards, like this is PG. like a G movie. Yeah, it's pretty tame. Yeah, it's not. It's nowhere near an R. No titty in it. No, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah no, no living dead titty. No naked this. Diane Weist. No. Uh, Jason Get Patrick a Weist infection. turned down the role several times, but was finally coerced <laughs> enough by Schumacher. And it was Jason Patrick who convinced the director to cast Jamie Gertz, who was originally written as a blonde, which was not necessarily Meg Ryan, but Meg Ryan-like. Also, Jason Patrick, the only Patrick I've ever known that does not have a K. He's very arrogant like that. Oh, son yeah. of a he's, bitch. he's very 80s chic. S speed two cruise control, Jason Patrick, that is. So not quite like Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx cast, painted to look like pants and shoes, but Kiefer Sutherland broke his wrist on set doing a wheelie on his motorcycle. He had to wear a glove during this movie to cover up the cast, but honestly, with the character design, the gloves fit you know yeah, perfectly perfectly in. fine yeah you can't tell they're they're all, they're all dotted up like they're from like warrant or white yes. snake exactly like, oh, it looks like that. an 80s and the one band. you know one of uh the the guy from uh not the american gladiators guy yeah, we talk about yep Worth. but and not alex winter not Kiefer, but the, the other, other kip one winger he looks like kip winger yeah <laughs> so but uh wearing the glove keith or sutherland i guess was able to cover up many questions like do vampires have health care and don't vampires have some sort of healing properties you know a vampire you'd never see wearing a cast so jim i guess tell us if the r rating of this movie deterred audiences from coming out and spending their money tell us about the budget box office how we were 
living a time, number one song, and that sort of thing. So The Lost Boys came out on July 31st, 1987 to an eight and a half million dollar budget. Yeah, you can kind of see it. I mean, they filmed mostly the outer scenes on a beach and then the, the weird lair that seems to be below the beach, but whatever, that's fine. But it made $32 million. So okay. Very, very respectable $32 million made. And now off to the news, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Ollie, as you are all fans of, I know Shane was a big Oliver North fan as he was a part of the Iran-Contra affair. The whole IC briefing started here I, in I still, I still remember uh, SNL. Yes. Um, William Shatner, the, the cold opening yeah. uh, during this time when the Iran-Contra was Ollie North, the mute Marine. I can't think of the name of the song, but it goes dun 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 dun. I vaguely remember mm-hmm. that. I remember as a kid. I think it's I, to the Green Berets, but it was oh, and I'm one of America's best. Yeah, he's Ollie North, the mute marine, because he wouldn't talk or say shit to Congress. Fucking, I remember. I thought Iran Contra as a kid was a prequel to the game Contra, which would have been more interesting than the goddamn hearings itself. But speaking of politics in an indirect way, Kitty Dukakis, one of the biggest names of the 1980s, as you know, she was the wife of Democratic presidential nominee Mike Dukakis, Captain Tank himself, revealed she had an addiction. Major- oh, she had a dick? She had a dick. Revealed she had a dick. <laughs> revealed she wow. had an addiction to amphetamines for 26 years. Poor wow. Kitty. For 26. That's hey, a, by the a, way. It's a hell of a run. Yeah. It's a hell of a run. A 26-year run <laughs> is no a method. An for you. You're just, that's just part of your life now. Yeah, we're going to kind of tone it down here a bit. John Demaniak, you might know him as Ivan the Terrible, Cleveland's own. He did have his trial. He started testifying in Israel because he was known. I can't remember how many... He was responsible for in a death camps they put on him. He was a Nazi. Yeah, big right? time fucking Nazi. Yeah. He hid death among camp. us. Because a lot of people were like, John, no, he's such a good guy. Auto worker. Yeah. Union member. Made pierogies. <laughs> right? Yeah. Probably would lend you power tools if you asked. Probably. Him. Great hey. app pupil. Yeah. Straight out. I think he was 89 years old when they finally snagged him. They probably knew before that. You had to have come on. You got a man. thick German accent. Yes. You're like Last in your Demaniac. You're yeah. like, yeah, you probably were a Nazi. You probably were. And speaking of somebody who was not a Nazi, a federal judge throws out Bette Midler's $10 million suit against a Ford Motor Company who used a satellite voice for their television commercials. Wow. Also, petty. Yeah, yeah, super petty. Lori Petty. Richard Petty. <laughs> Tom Petty. <laughs> not a petty. Kylie Minogue releases her debut single. Locomotion. Yes! Ah, Locomotion. The cover. The cover. And one of Shane's favorite bands, Steve Miller himself, his star on the Hollywood Rock of Fame was revealed on this date in nineteen. With his most famous song. Abracadabra. Yep, that's what I was going to say. That's the worst song he ever. (laughs) Hey, that might come up later. That might come up on our list later. That might might be one on mine. I I think at that point, everybody's like, wait, this is Steve, the same Steve Miller? This is Fly Like an Eagle guy? This is Steve Miller? (laughs) I remember my boss at a former job told me that was the first record he owned. And I was like, I like think I went off on like a 10 minute just like oh. session. And he was like, do you remember the first record that you bought? Not even record cassette or CD. Do you bought with your own money as a kid? Do you remember Shane? I can remember mine vividly. Bought with my own money? Yeah. I like I was gifted allowance or you did some lawns. You're like, I'm going to go get that out. Honestly, the one <laughs> or the one that stands oh, out. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't know because I grew up in the era, you know, I, I'm straight 80s kid yeah. of Columbia House Records. So Hell I got yeah. like 13 and CDs ones for one cent. <laughs> for a cent. And I never did whatever they said. They, they, they were the, the stamps. 
Yeah. They gave you the, the pages of yeah, stamps. And you like the picked stamp. them and then yeah. you just sent it in and they sent them. They're like, hey, you got to buy like a John Cougar Millen camp for $13 next month. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> I do? I'm a minor. What do you can do shit to me? I'm 12. Now I remember. Thanks for a rat out of the cellar, dipshits. The first cassette I ever bought was DJ Jazzy Jeff and a Fresh Prince home base. And the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Naughty by Nature, 1993. I bought at the oh, at the record yeah. store in the mall, which in Eastwood Mall, where, Hot Topic, record marts? where Hot Topic is now what NRM and it was, it was waves yeah. so yeah. at that record store with my own money I bought Weezer's Blue Album and Nine Inch Nails Downward Spiral were the, the first CDs I bought yeah first CDs in my collection you remember first cassette I remember making my mom drive me around to get Diabolical Bismarcky but I didn't spend okay. my own money for that nice I remember getting a snow single in Formula. Yeah. The first, the first <laughs> CD I had was NXS Kick. And okay, I remember, I remember that. that in 1991 because I got my first CD player for my birthday in 1990. You don't want to know about my theories yeah, about Michael, Michael Hutchins, Hutchins, and I think Bob Geldof should be uh, talked to. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of uh, a not so good band or uh, a man who was a member of it that might come up later in the war songs, Boy George barred from British TV show because he's a bad influence. Oh. Just, you're a bad influence, George. Get off our fucking show. I don't know what show it could have been. The news didn't specify. It probably wasn't Doctor Who. Did, what did Boy George do? Boy George was on the show. Yeah. And it was fine. But at some point, it was no longer fine. No, you, listen, buddy, you're out. They don't say what, but there's like, listen, you're a bad influence. We need you off the fucking yeah. show, okay? We don't need you on the BAFTAs. The last music news this week is huge. Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction, comes out becoming the best-selling debut album of all time with more than 30 million copies sold. And if you're not familiar with that, there's something wrong, especially if you've seen the movie Lean On Me. The goddamn movie opens with Welcome to Mm -hmm. the Jungle. I think a lot of (laughs) movies had that song. Yeah, it's so good. I think Deadpool had with with Dirty Harry had it in when Jim Carrey played like the Axl Rose You're rock, right. rock and roll star character but I, th- I think it wasn't a lot that that song's Axel Axel made his money and then went right to the buffet with it <laughs> bought himself a lot of Raiders jerseys <laughs> and he has an appetite for everything <laughs> <laughs> speaking of hey hey George what's up good evening everybody I'm George Michael welcome to the sports machine as we are coming into Wrestlemania season Kevin Sherry Martell beats the fabulous Mula for the WWF Women's Championship in 1987. Kind of a belt that nobody ever really paid mm-hmm. attention to at this time. Controversial New York Mets MLB star Daryl Strawberry, the Coke man himself, threatens teammates for criticizing his play. Nowadays, he's an ordained minister. So Be- Before or after, you ever run into anybody with the last name Strawberry? No, he was the only one. He's the only person. He's Even the only his parents. Strawberry. It's yeah. just no one else is Strawberry. I, do you know any? Do you, have you come across a guy named Strawberry? Not not the surname. I yeah. Strawberry Shortcake was <laughs> I remember strawberry. also in the 80s. Strawberry Quick was, was, the, popular. was the drink of choice in my house when I was a little kid. Did you say Strawberry Boons? What's Strawberry Boons? Boons Farm? Boons Farm, Strawberry? I only had Boons Farm recently, like two years ago. I've never had it before. That's that's the worst. (laughs) Well, this is the first time I saw the Lost Boys, too, so I'm trying to catch up on a lot of firsts. A's first baseman, Mark McGuire, becomes the first rookie to hit 30 home runs before the Major League All-Star game as Oakland beats the Red Sox 6-2. And your number one song in America at the time was this jam by the Wilson sisters, Heart Alone. Alone. 
Gotta love Heart, man. Just the, they knew how to belt out some Heart? songs. That was great. Shit, man. They were. I'd, I'd still go to a Heart concert. Yeah. I fuck yeah, I would, man. Hopefully they don't do it at well, El we, Cowboy. We live in, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the Northeast Ohio, so yeah. they can only get like groups that were popular like yeah, 30 years yeah. ago to right. play yeah. at our 13 different amphitheaters, <laughs> yes. outdoor amphitheaters. Oh, That's we got a ton of them The now. number one cash crop now Jesus of this Christ. area. Everyone has an amphitheater. You have an amphitheater. You have an amphitheater. And you they're have. like, hey, can you guys get Blue Oyster called again? And they're like, absolutely. You know, when Eddie Money died, they were like just... Venues That's, all over this area are probably like, fuck, now what do we do? When, that yeah. was our go-to get. Eddie Money. Rib burn off Eddie Money. Eddie Michael Money. Stanley. Yes. Eddie Money. I, yes. saw, I saw Charlie Daniels' band, and they played more Leonard Skinner songs than their own songs. <laughs> I think Eddie Money, you know, slowly going out of the limelight, led to McMenemy's going under. And now it's uh, it's one of those of church. Belt yeah, church. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it? Didn't Sly and the Family Stone they in some there. form play at McMenemy's? And they also Earth, Wind, and Fire without the wind. I just think it was Earth Fire played at McMenemy's. <laughs> was, Gotta love Earth Fire. Earth Fire is coming now. Speaking of something, that sounds, it was that sounds like a Seagal movie, <laughs> Earth like where fire. he plays like a fire. Earth Fire. It comes starring in a, Steven Seagal. It comes in a thirty pack at Walmart. <laughs> and then the number one movie in America at this time was one that Kevin and I have talked about quite considerably, RoboCop. Yeah. Which is number one. Get the criterion. Oh, last let, week we talked about the criterion. Let me tell you, um, my grandmother took me to see RoboCop. Yeah. Really? My Hell grandma yeah. took me because I wanted to see it. I spent most of my summers with my grandparents growing up. Yeah. My grandfather never liked sitting in a theater. My grandmother and I would go every day. We see Goonies, Gremlins. How fucking awesome is that? Because she loved movies just as much as I did. I asked her to see RoboCop. She takes me to see RoboCop. You know know what RoboCop is. I have the criterion. It might be one of the most brutal movies ever made. Good old Boddicker. She loved it. Loved Robocop. Did she like seeing yeah. Murphy get the shit blown out? <laughs> how, yeah, I got to where she was like, that was a really how did good, she like well Robo- movie. How'd she like Robocop 2 and 3? <laughs> yeah. Did she like uh, 2 with the nuke in the Detroit street And punks? in 3, he was basically nothing different than yeah. a superintendent yeah. of a, an apartment And it building. wasn't like even Peter Weller, was it? It was no. Robert John Burr. Was it like Treat Williams or so? And then they had three straight-to-DVD release of Robocop course. And then the remake. And then the remake, which I kind of want to watch. I like Joel Kinnaman. Saw it? Uh, nope. I like it. I, movie's not, not great. Not I like Kinnaman. I like a fan. Great actors. Just ah, it wasn't my cup of tea. I hear you. And that's all that was going on in and around the 31st of July, 1987. All right, let's bite into the plot. Oh, I see what you did there. Michael Whoa. and his younger brother moved to the beach town of Santa Carla, California with a recently divorced mom to live with her weirdo father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bernard <laughs> Hughes. <laughs> Inevitably, they start hanging out at the local boardwalk because why wouldn't you? Yeah, what I else mean, do that's you, yeah. I would spend all my time there. What else is there to do? <laughs> also, you're allowed to ride your motorcycle on the boardwalk. Yeah. It's not weird at all. No, missing persons flyers kind of seen everywhere on this boardwalk. Little hint. You know what I l- love about um, the boardwalk? They're in obviously Southern California. No one's wearing shorts or t-shirts. Yeah. Nope. Leather, Everyone's leather dressed like uh, like a biker. <laughs> like they're full leather mm-hmm. yeah. dusters. Yeah, it's chilly. turtlenecks. Yeah, I think one guy had a toque on. <laughs> <laughs> just walking around, it's ninety-five degrees on yeah. a carousel, yeah. and they're just—they're dressed like it's literally November here. Their mom gets a job at a video store. Ah, those were the days. Yeah. While Michael becomes interested in this girl named Star, who he only watches from a distance. 
Although it seems like Star is dating this rad dude named David, who is the leader of a biker gang. Meanwhile, Sam meets horror fanatics, or comic fanatics, they just spend all their time in the comic store, the Frog Brothers. They give him some vampire comics and tell Sam their theory that vampires have taken over the town. Or I guess imply it, they don't really explicitly tell him. When Michael finally talks to Star, he's challenged by David to join them and ultimately keep up. It's sort of similar to... Four years later in Point Break, when Johnny Utah tries to keep up with Bodie and his crew, the next day, Michael wakes up with vampire tendencies and no reflection. Michael goes to Star for help, but fucks her instead. So, I mean, come on, as one would do. That's that's helping in a way. Get over, you know, you're dealing with a transformation in your life. You need something that's normal. So, release. It's his brother, Sam, who, through the power of comic books, deduces that Michael is a half vampire. Yeah. I'm glad... Sam was able to figure this out because they don't really... No, they kind of just gloss over ...explicitly explain any of the rules. Ultimately, Michael can be turned back to a full-blown human if the head vampire is killed. This all leads us to a weakened Michael having to rely on Sam and the Frog Brothers to win a showdown with the vampires, and we get a neat little twist ending that we'll discuss momentarily. Yes. Jim, Shane, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's do All it. Right. We have Jason Patrick as Michael Emerson. Okay. Corey Haim is his brother, Sam. Haminator. Kiefer Sutherland as the coolest character ever portrayed on film, David. Jack who's just, he's got the bleach mullet, awesome. the it's duster. Awesome. Yeah, it's spiked on top. Yeah. There's, you know, party. There's party on the top, you know, in the front and the back mm-hmm. on that yeah. one. Looks amazing. like eyeball chambers, just longer, longer hair. Billy Worth, Jim. American Gladiators contestant who made it all the way to the first semifinal round in 1989. The season of American Gladiators, it looked like somebody gave them $20 and went into somebody's house and go, make sure. There's like, unex- there's like exposed plywood on those episodes. It's like pretty it's bad. Filmed for television. It's just like you're looking at raw plywood. Very cheap. We have Alex Winter, who's been coming up a lot on this podcast yes, recently. He, he plays Marco, one of the vampires. Diane Wiest. <laughs> Corey Feldman, one of the Frog Brothers. <laughs> Jamie Gertz's star. Edward Herman as Max. You might know him as Not Richie related Rich, to Shane. Richie no. Rich's dad. Have to mention Tim Capello, the saxophone player. Sexy sax player. And Who I thought was Tony Little. So it does wh- look like he would be on a gazelle. Mm-hmm. Which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Shane, what do you think, my friend? Non-lead? Yeah. Uh, Barring the ones you love, I know you love everybody in this movie. But if you take a non-lead, who's your favorite? Barnard Hughes isn't isn't a lead. Dead? Looks like he's dead. No, he's just a deep sleeper. If he's dead, can we go back to Phoenix? Playing dead, and from what I heard, doing a damn good job of it too. <laughs> dead? Oh, dead. I would say him. That's definitely. my answer, too. He's definitely. Sat, yeah. uh, Bernard Hughes is a great character actor. He's been around forever. He was in uh, Midnight Cowboy with, yeah. with Hoffman. Mm-hmm. He, he was, if you, if you watch classic television, he would be on shows like uh, All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Just a great all around actor. In the kind of like survivalist, kind of recluse kind of character he and plays. And he knew the entire time. Where he's yeah. just super, this super eccentric, His, where he's like this taxidermist. Yes. And he's got just. He's waking up Corey Haim in like his weird using, fucking bedroom. He's using Windex as aftershave to go bang the, uh-huh. the widow Johnson down the lane. He starts up the classic car just to say, let's take her to town and yeah. shut her he off. He has a TV guide, but no television set. Because yeah. if you have a TV guide, you don't need a television. That's a good point. Don't touch the middle drawer in the fridge. Yeah, it's his old fart. beer and his cookies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rules. 
We got some rules around here. Second shelf is mine. That's where I keep my root beers and my double-thick Oreo cookies. Nobody touches the second shelf but me. So I'm same. I mean, I, I, it's gotta can, be Bernard. It's Hughes. a fact. Like I said, I, this is the first time I've ever seen the Lost Boys, which I know it's sacrilege that I've never seen it before. It is, but it's the fact that it was his character was so complete that you he you never let on that he knew the whole time until the last line in the movie. He's like, one thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn vampires. Damn vampires. One thing I could never stand about Santa Carla. Yep. All the damn vampires. Exactly. Boom, 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 Perfect. (laughs) It was a perfect ending, and he He was the one behind it. And you you kind of... I figured I, that out. I had a, I, I figured like, it out. This but grandpa's going to have a lot to do with the end of this movie. Yeah, I had to have. Uh, something like character, as far as character-wise, there's a lot of the uh, the little kid uh, oh, vampire. Oh, the kid with the con- uh, the Confederate jacket yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then jacket. what was his name? Like Lou, Loomis? Pat, Hattie, Laddie. 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 That's it. Yeah, Loomis. Laddie. Uh, like, that was a character that was... which. Uh, it sounds like you're channeling a 30s gangster now. Like, that was a character. <laughs> that was a character back in the day. <laughs> like, I think that's what they were going to originally go for. Is like, yeah, they, all all, mm-hmm. all the characters were going to be, like you said, it was going to be like a, a go- vampire Goonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Schumacher's like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that at all. I, I think that's that the right sounds, choice. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, yeah. And I, I, do, I do, too. I think the MVP of this movie is probably, like, costume character designer. Because how how much do they knock these vampires out of the park except for edward herman's makeup it kind of looked more well, cheap right. compared to everybody well, else it yeah. wasn't as great like swamp thing like yeah. swamp yeah. thing was amazing and then the guy he battles at the end looks like a costume your mom threw together like three yeah, minutes exactly. before you you had to go but, trick-or-treating mm-hmm. to me even though david's vampire gang are very 80s centric with oh, the mullets super. and stuff but they're also timeless they look great they yeah. look like they blend into every, it's really great character design and costume design. I really liked it. So why don't we move on and discuss our favorite scenes? Okay. Shane, would you like to go first? Oh, well, there's so many. Our guests. Give us. Honestly, a- one of the most iconic, which everyone said, it has nothing to do with the film. Nothing to do about vampires ever is Tim Capello. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. believe playing the sax. Ten they're minutes, on the boardwalk. Ten minutes into the movie, and 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 they're focused. Like he's uber focused. Schumacher's uber focused on this yes. guy the entire time. We're like, well, maybe there's some symbolism. Maybe there's some foreshadowing. There's nothing. See, there's no reason see, for this guy. That's exactly what I thought. Never seen this movie. I'm like, right. this guy's gonna have something to do with this. He's gonna come end. back in the end. He's gonna kill a guy with with a sax. Nope. I think Diane Weiss nope. should have dated him. Exactly. Oh, how great <laughs> Big Ben is roadie. Well, then I like I was researching as I do because yeah. I love the Lost Boys, of course. And I guess Schumacher had promised him a role on Beverly Hills Cop Two that never came to fruition. Whoa. Wait, what? Yes, it never came to fruition. And so this is kind of like his, hey, buddy, sorry, you want to be in my teenage oh, vampire man. movie? Well, what we looked fuck up, would he and have that's been in Beverly Hills Cop Two. He totally, I don't know. It didn't go into what role. Wow. Oh. If he would have been a henchman, like one of the guys in the crew. Yeah. Yeah, one of uh, the ABC, one of the uh, alphabet killers. Alphabet killers. We just we just covered uh, Beverly Hills Cop three last episode, and yeah. we sh- 
should have he should have been in three as like a wonder world employee <laughs> or he should have been performing at wonder world <laughs> the same the song same dun, dun, dun. <laughs> as axel was like jumping from like sir you're new, you're you're gonna roller have to, coaster car to roller coaster sir, car you're to gonna have to kids. put a, you're gonna have to put a shirt on we're at a family park here <laughs> no i'm sexy sax man he plays it with like a big mouse head on <laughs> <laughs> he's got no shirt okey and he's doing dokey, the, he's doing the hips but he's got a head it's like some furries convention yeah. very it, erotic he rips it off to play the sex oh it'd be amazing um, so with what Shane said, when you think of the Lost Boys, you've got a couple iconic scenes. One, sax man, instantly go there. And two, the Chinese food. Chinese, good choice. Over here, bud. Yes, first. You don't like rice? Tell me, Michael. How could a billion Chinese people be wrong? You know, the rice is maggots. Yeah. And the, the noodles are warm. noodles are <laughs> warms. So it's it's Michael's vampire trials, essentially. So when Michael finally works up the nerve to talk to Star, and as soon as he tries to get her on his motorcycle, you know, the vampires surround him, say, come with us. He's like, I can't beat you on my bike. And he says, you don't have to. You just have to keep up. So we get the vampire lair with the Chinese food. And then ultimately, it he drinks the... Thin blood. Yeah. Very thin. Ultimately, it ends with <laughs> the bridge scene. Michael, you one of us. Let go. I'm too what? You are one of us, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. they jump off the bridge and just hanging. Makes no sense because they, they jump, but then somehow they're hanging from this thin little pipe. And then Michael comes down, hangs from the pipe. Yeah, that scene really then he falls into his bedroom. Yes. Which is weird. He wakes up, yeah, all hungover from <laughs> vampire blood. Has a, I don't know what the BAC on vampire blood is. I'm assuming 14%. It's got to be up there because he be looks floored. It's got to be like an IPC. It's got to hey, be like a real fucking glasses, man. hipster, like one of those real hipster brews. So one of my favorite scenes in this movie is it's off the beaten path because I like to find these off the beaten path scenes because I know you two are going to be in Lost Boys expert. You're going to hammer the main points home. Corey Haim's bedroom has the weirdest posters of Brat Packers, yes. especially the weird super sexy poster of Rob Lowe the, like exposing the, the hunky. Yeah, the Rob deep Lowe. V, the, you know, almost a dick root. And then you get like two abs. I'm like, is a is a kid's room? You he's, think your grandpa's wearing like, all pastel colors? Yes. What the oversized pastels? Like Corey Hames is the epitome of a young teenager in 1987. He's like 14 years old. Yeah. We're, I'm just like, I'm I missing mean, the streetwear. Like yeah, I had guys on my but it was like Schwarzenegger. It was like Stallone. Yeah. What Chuck you didn't Norris, have Anthony Michael like Hall Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I didn't have like Andrew McCarthy like in a speedo coming out of a a hot tub. It was so weird. I'm I like that a, stuck out. I want a wooden framed poster from the Trumbull County Fair with the where you throw the darts to the balloons. Yeah. And it was what those things right there. It was but big. It was, it was just big one. It was just Judd Nelson's dick. It was Judd <laughs> Nelson. It was Judd <laughs> Nelson. Spread eagle balls hanging down. No, it was buns and roses. Yeah, and it was an ass yep. with just like some flowers and like it's a like, rose between the yes, cheeks, basically. And I remember actually hanging it in my room, and I was probably eleven. Oh my god. I remember like going to the Trumbull County Fair as a little kid. My mom taking me. We went every year. I think she was friends or fucking knew Sawyer Brown. <laughs> I, do you remember Sawyer Brown at all? Yes. It was like a country. My mom 
basically bought me every color variation of the same logo Sawyer Brown t-shirt. <laughs> and then kids would be like, who's Sawyer Brown? Fuck if I would know. Like, no, no, and nobody kid, knew. I wish I would ask my mom later on in life before she passed. I should be like, mom level with me. Did you fuck Sawyer Brown? <laughs> Is this why I have all these Sawyer Brown why, why do I have all this merch? <laughs> It's like, what the hell's going Weird. on? Here's, yeah. here's a little uh, tidbit about the Rob Lowe yeah. uh, poster. Uh, it's a, it's an Easter egg. Okay. Uh, Schumacher wrote and directed St. Elmo's Fire. Of oh, course. Jim's favorite. Don't get me started with that pile so, of shit. So that was kind of like his like homage to like. Yeah, because oh, Molly Ringwald you know, I, and. Yeah, like a film I did. And oh, St. Elmo's Fire is a but weird. But at the same time, you couldn't have put one of the chicks on the wall from. There were women <laughs> or in even. Demi Moore, right? Joel Schumacher. St. Elmo's Fire? But in St. Elmo's Fire, there was also Rob Lowe was the rebel. You couldn't have had him in this actual gear from yeah, St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Yeah, just put like yeah. not in the not sexy low playgirl stuff. Yeah, it was Joel yeah. Schumacher did Corey Haim no favors in this movie because no. you have the the poster, but then you also have that bathtub scene. Where, the bubble bath yeah. with Nuck Nuck or whatever the hell the name is. <laughs> Nanook. Nanook. Nanook, thank you. <laughs> Not curly. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, boop, do, boop, he's boop. doing the bubble bath. There, there's there's a lot of really weird, like, she treats him like he's seven and yeah. he's a teenager. Like, Michael, you're going to have to watch your brother. Yeah. And he's like, to Sam, it's time to brush your teeth. Don't, you know, eat candy yeah. before bed. I'm like, what? This well, kid's and like, then she asks Michael, are we like, still friends? Yeah, you're your fucking son. Yeah. Are we still friends? Can That's we still hang out on the weekends? family dynamic, man. Yeah. I put anything... Like, Sam's a straight pussy. Yeah. It's Diane Weist is she so babies. Diane Weist in every role she's Diane Weist. She's like overly mother. Oh, oh, she's the perfect yeah. atypical yeah. late 80s mom. So, speaking of Diane Weist, I'll say my next... You know, we've pretty much covered most of what I have, yeah. but the next one is... So, Diane Weist gets a job at the video store on the boardwalk. Which I got a logic And the owner that. of the video store is Max, mm -hmm. which is Richie Rich's dad. And same universe. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> Max ends up, the twist at the end of the movie is that for Michael to return to being a full-blown human, they have to kill the head vampire. So Michael kills David with the deer antlers. Yep. And then he's not returned to human form yet. He's still, you know, vampire. Don't look at me. And, yes, exactly. <laughs> and it turns out Max, despite passing all of the vampire tests earlier in the film, mm -hmm is the head vampire. What's the big deal? You destroyed the head vampire. It's all over. Nothing's changed. He's right, I don't feel any different. And there's still one more. This is all my fault. David and my boys misbehaved. I told you, boys need a mother. Max, what are you talking about? I knew it. You're the head vampire. Sam, don't start this again. You're the secret that David was protecting. Who's this? Well, you passed the test. Don't ever invite a vampire into your house, you silly boy. It renders you powerless. That's the big reveal. I love that scene. Mm -hmm. It's such a good scene. I love Edward Herman. I think he's just a great fucking I like actor. when he reveals it and he's like, ah, it was me. And he's like, blah. And then yeah. he does the Gene Simmons tongue thing. Like, <laughs> he tells Diane Weist, come here. And she does. Yeah, of course. Right. It's Diane Weist. He just wanted him to be a family. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Don't ever invite a vampire into your home. Doesn't mean, don't you know it renders you powerless? I and brought that like, up oh, when we were okay, watching. That's one of the rules. That would have came in yeah, handy right, earlier. Right. The typical vampire trope of every movie is you, you always right. have to invite them in. And, or, and that, being I mean, an idiot, there, I watch True Blood. There is so. a, there is a, a, um, a balance in movies between and, and anybody that's written a, a screenplay will tell you 
between there's a difference between show and tell. So yeah. they're trying to show you the rules of the vampire thing without beating you over the head with exposition. Some exposition is required. You need it because they don't really ever. And, and we'll talk about this later. They don't explain it. So they do show us him ask Michael for permission to enter. Hey, how you doing? You must be Michael, right? And you must be Max. Right. How are you? Well, you're the man of the house, and I'm not coming in until you invite me. You're invited. Thanks very much. So, like, you you yeah. noticed it. And it was kind of a, it was a blow-off. Yes. But right. it was smart. All right, anyone else have any scenes that they want to mention? Yeah, you know what? The, actually, one of the best, I think, is when David and the crew finally take Michael to the beach, and they're like, hey, you know, he's like, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, we want to show you something. Oh, the yeah. murder scene. And then Run DMC, Aerosmith. Yes. Yeah. Walk This Way comes on, and they just go apeshit yeah. ham. Initiation's over, Michael. It's time to join the club. <laughs> and just start biting and eating. And it was really it. good. These dudes apart, and that was like kind of like the horror aspect had finally you, it been building, you see building, it, like building. He's, building. So, he's chunking into a skull and yeah, everything. Like, yeah, I've been into him like an apple and like <laughs> yeah. spurts out I, juice. I just said how <clears throat> Schumacher doesn't do Corey Haim any favors. He also doesn't do Jason Patrick any favors. No. Jason Patrick never wonders why these guys live in a cave. Why they can do magic tricks? <laughs> why they drink blood? No, and he continues, and he doesn't know why he doesn't know how he got home. He woke up at two o'clock. Yeah, he fell off. Uh, he floated in the air after he fell off a bridge. Uh, and to, until to this, be fair, after drinking some something yeah. someone's handed me before, I've woken up the next day like fully clothed in my yes. bed. Like I have no. F- I there's have. like Taco Bell wrappers but all they, around. I'm missing they, a shoe. They yeah. get their like, fangs. I don't know. Right. Get their Maybe fangs I'm out. half a vampire. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they get their fangs out in the tree, and they're like, "Now you see what we are." Michael and it's like well I figured you were something yeah. I didn't think you were just normal dudes it's yeah, like they expect like, you to you know, know what shit. we are now you know what you are exactly yeah. you're half a vampire yeah. not a full vampire <laughs> you're not a full one yet bitch so nope. if you're a vampire something you probably cannot do is swim in a, a public pool in the summertime if you're a vampire get the get out of the pool get out of the pool night swim later <laughs> All right. For this week's pool check, Jim insists on being negative. He's a troll <laughs> online. He gets banned from Twitter. I, I got banned again from <laughs> Twitter because I made fun of Matt Gates on Twitter and I got banned for it. So for this week's pool check, Jim's negativity, he wanted to go with worst 80s songs. There's a lot. Which <laughs> I will rephrase and say our least favorite 80s songs. So that we can salvage some nicety. Uh, with that said, who wants to go first with their number five worst 80s song? If you know me, like, there's really, it's hard for me to be like. I'm same. Yeah. I don't like an 80s song. There are some that kind of, when they come on, you kind of go, Ugh. you know, it's yeah, slightly cringe. I mean, slightly hammy. I literally just thought of one I t- right now. I tell you what, if you don't have a list, Jim and I will go back yeah. and forth. I, I will say, because we were talking earlier, I don't, I'm not going to rank it or anything, but it is abracadabra by the Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's just, song. it's just so like you get that first, that first album and like everything's like you listen to every single yeah. one. And then Abracadabra came on. I remember like on the radio when I was a kid, I'm like, what the, yeah. 
what is it? Like, who, who is this? And they're like the Steve Miller band. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, what that's, no. that's clearly. Ab- no, here's the lyrics. Steve Miller Abra, band. Abracadabra, I want to reach out and grab you. Get the fuck out of here, Steve <laughs> yes. Miller. Yes. You're not touching me. It's when bands right? like sell out and try to uh, stay relevant, stay with the time. Well, it's like Chicago did it. Satara yeah. did the same thing. Well, Ellen DeGeneres we about, himself. Last week, we talked a little bit about like Offspring. They were like a legit punk band who played with like suicidal tendencies yeah. and then they did pretty fly for a white cat and they whole, they changed. They became radio friendly rock. All right, Jim, why don't you go ahead? Give us your number five. Okay. So my number five, I kind of, I think uh, maybe back in season two, we brought up this briefly, but I'm going to hammer it back home. Toy soldiers by Martika. it on my honorable mentions mm. it, it's oh. grating here's the thing what you think okay the song is eventually it the course is yeah. gonna kick it's gonna no. pick up it stays one level step by end. step heart to heart we all whatever we all fall down whatever and it the is. only thing good that ever I, I believe eminem sampled that too he did he i forget what song he did it for it made it better but it was way better oh, yeah but that was the second thing that was only that was good when it came associated to the words Toy Soldiers. The fucking great Sean Astin movie Toy Soldiers yeah. is very underrated. Did they use this for a terrible movie Toys with LL Cool J and Robin Williams? Oh my God, that fucking movie. I don't oh, know. Was, uh, it seems like it would have tied nicely. Yeah. My number five. I'm not going to go into them too much because I get irritated talking about it. It's Billy Joel Stormfront. Yes, I was waiting for it. I thought this would be five Billy Joel songs. Stormfront. <laughs> such a terrible. <laughs> Kevin Song. hates Billy Joel with like a passion. Really? Like I, it's, I can tolerate uh, a handful of Billy Joel songs. I, I just wow. like one that almost made the list was like Good Night Saigon, which is just so like. How bad do you hate songs from an Italian restaurant? Not because that's a long Billy Joel long. song. Like I don't mind like a handful, but yeah, yeah. Stormfront's a bad one. I okay. I love Billy Joel, so I can't judge. Shane, you got another one on you? I'm like trying to look some stuff. All right, how about this? I'll go to number four. Yeah, as as, as you find them, think yeah, of them. You chime just chime in. in. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I yeah, got one. You got one? Go for uh, it. Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry, Bobby. Yeah, that Jim song's on my it. list. Don't worry. Be happy. Pisses me off. Don't tell me what I need to be, McFerrin. It's the worst, man. He's like, and then you watch the video and like, oh, it's got Robin Williams and the one guy that does vaudeville that no one knows his name. Was that movie? Was that song a part of the Robin Williams bomb known as Club Paradise? Uh, very possibly yeah, could seems like it that sounds like something that would have been in there yeah very islandy type that fucking so i don't like when somebody tells me what i need to do fuck you man yeah it's it's too it's too upbeat like he's trying no. too hard no don't, I, no yeah, i don't like it at all fuck him that was my number and three. he's like a one-hit wonder he, too he didn't do oh, that's all else. he had yep. he wasn't like you know what worry a little bit if, <laughs> if you want to I am. <laughs> Fucking taxes are coming in. I haven't worked since that I'm video fucked. 35 years ago. Oh my god. I'm that, I'm worried. That was my num- that was my number 4. Okay, my number 4, Billy Joel tell her about there it. There we go again. <laughs> tell her about it. Tell her all your crazy dreams. 
I don't. This one's. Uh, <laughs> this is that like Uptown it, Girl's coming. I have a feeling. I don't mind Uptown Girl that much, but like too much of the '80s do up, Joel. That, literally from like 87 yeah. to 89 that's all it was and tell her about it. it's just uh i had a job where you know it would play over the radio and i just irritated for that four minutes or whatever it is okay so my number three abc's when smokey sings i hate that fucking song unlike martika where it stays at the plateau this thing goes know that I don't think I know that This thing either. goes from one extreme to the fucking other. It's like a waveform. I hate it. ABC Martin Fry was the lead singer. They did the song uh I was thinking Look another of Love. Oh, I was okay. thinking another bad creation. No, yeah. no. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking doing look, Aisha? No. <laughs> I'm no. like, this is 90s, bro. Yeah. I love another bad creation, but no, this is uh, OG ABC. This song I, I, I never like. Maybe I've heard it if I if I hear it, but this song always played on the Ponderosa Radio Network when I worked at Ponderosa as <laughs> cool. a kid. It's so like nails on a chalkboard. I hate it. Krista Berg's Lady in Red. Lady in Red. that song i fucking love lady in red i still buy into the theory that this song is about prostitutes it isn't because chris de berg said I the first time berg says. he saw his wife in a bar she was wearing I'll tell red. You what it's about it's about three minutes and 42 seconds too long because yes. it's a pile of shit you know what i appreciate about chris de berg <laughs> if you've ever seen what chris de berg looks like he looks like dudley moore he also which Does would mean he? He also looks like the lead singer of Air Supply. So they all are like the triangle of Dudley. It's I love just, it. You know what? It, I believe it was in Gene Wilder's movie by the same With title. With Kelly LeBrock in it. Woman in Red. Woman in Red. Yeah, Kelly yeah, LeBrock. Is that why you it. like it? Is it channeling old Gene Wilder? Oh, I love Gene Wilder and I love Kelly, Kelly LeBrock. LeBrock. And oh the two of them together. Gene Wilder. Forget about it. Her and Weird Science. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she... If you were doing like the hottest chicks ever. She in, was the in, 80s in chick. The 80s. Her and that half shirt were under boobs and she's wearing the underwear. That That's probably the hottest 80s chick. Yep. My uh, number three, Billy Joel, The Longest Time. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Billy Joel thoughts. So I love hatred. that song. That video, have you seen it? That's where you found me when you put your arms around me. It's very long. It's a whole. Are they like an auto parts like place or I something like that? This was the one where they. It was oh, like a high school the, reunion one. I think you're right I about that. I thought they were. This was the political one. Oh, the longest and time. I thought. Wait, oh, man. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> it's Fuck black up. and white. I think. I thought it was really long. Do 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 do. I remember when this was on Ooh, Hot 101 it was as a like kid. A I loved four it. Four part like barbershop quartet, yes. like doo wop kind of. Oh, group. I loved was it. he trying to fill some void? I just think he made so much money and had so many hits. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna try it's something." So much money made so many hits that he got drunk and drove his car into a tree <laughs> my number two unless shane you got no, another go ahead okay a song that i cannot fucking stand squeeze tempted, tempted by the fruit of oh really i hate this song tempted by the fruit of another fuck it sounds you just like that. i hate that song <laughs> so bad uh, i believe that was on the uh, i remember that on hot 101 that was on a soundtrack of uh reality bites i think i think so too i i don't know it's, i don't mind that song you walk through fucking hartford orchard singing this song that's what it comes to me fuck that i hate the song how about uh i'll do one go for it how about uh get out of my dreams and into my car oh you i fucking love this song out of my 
It's uh, Billy Ocean. It's, yeah. I mean, the no message, Caribbean queen. It's not a great message. Get out of my dream. Get the fucking car. Get into my car. So this license is a, to drive. Yeah, yeah, lyrics. Yeah, Corey Haim. Corey Haim movie, license to drive. I know. I know. This is the video that you would think would be like a romantic jaunt, but instead there's an an, there's like animated stuff in this Get video. Get baby. So, pretty weird. Number two, a little bit more rock in one. Billy, Billy Joel, you may be right. <laughs> You may be right. I may be crazy. I but hope I'm fucking Allentown is your just one. the lunatic you're looking for. Ah, I hate it. You may be right. I may be crazy. I can't believe you hate Billy Joel so much. I just can't get into I love music. I love yeah, you everything. Do. You everything do. Everything across any genre. And Billy Joel just, for some reason, it's like drilling my teeth. Oh it's my just, God. don't don't like it. Funny enough, my cousin Bobby looks like older Billy Joel to the point where people thought he was Billy Joel. Oh, boy. Like he'd be in public and go, are you Billy Joel? He's I'm not Billy Joel. Is Billy Joel like the, he's not a handsome man. He looks like the everyday man. Like he was, he worked for the iron, like iron workers for 30 years it's, and he had a talent. So, But he's not so talented that, that it overcome, like overcame his look. It's just weird that Billy the dude Joel knows how to tickle the ivory ascended to the level that he ascended. Cause he was sold out baseball stadiums and stuff. Yeah, he came in at the right time. Uh, number one. Okay. So I'll hit you with my number one anymore. Mentioned him earlier. Boy George, Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. Okay. Karma, 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 karma chameleon. You come and go. You come and go. Hated that song. It just ranks up there with like Bobby McFerrin. It's just, it's too fucking happy for me. It's like, no. It's too happy for my liking. I don't like it. Kevin. My number one. Number one. Billy Joel, it's still rock and roll to me. <laughs> Can't dress as flashy till you spend a lot of money. Everybody's talking about the new sound, funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. That's the one that, that bothers me the most on the 80s Joel songs. <laughs> So it should have just that should have just been the topic. <laughs> it should have been worse. Should, Billy, worst, I would have nothing. Joel. I love Billy Joel. So Shane, do you have the ultimate go fuck yourself 80s song? Go fuck yourself 80s song? Yeah, what's the worst? If number one with a bullet, if there's something that sticks out in your childhood days that you listen to. Now, a lot of people would say the number one definitive Starship. worst 80s song. It starts. I it's love it. A great I love song. it. It gets like unfairly it. shit on. I love that song. I like a lot of the cheese factor of the 80s songs too. Which ones? There's the cheesiness. Oh, okay. Oh, I, thought, I, I, was, I like the, the synth. I like it. I love synth. The tech. But you know what, though? Sound. It's, it's, it's all just, coming back again, though. I'm trying to think if there was, like, any kind of, like... I never liked McDonough's Like a Virgin because people antagonized me with that song. Yeah, more work. That's what friends are for. Number one. Maybe McDonough's oh. Like a Prayer. Yeah. Okay. What about that's a song of, in... kind of irritating. Encino Man, Walk the Dinosaur. Oh, Was Not Was? Yeah, it's yeah. a weird band name. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of One Hit Wonders. Me too. So am I. Oh, uh, Safety Dance was another. Uh, yeah, I love that. It's a that, that's another one. that's always like I was on looking. Lists. I was looking at like 50 worst 80 songs ever. And I'm, like, I like I'm going down this. And I'm like, love it, love it, yeah. love it, love yeah, it. Like As I'm scrolling, I'm uh -huh. like, no, I like, I like all of these. I saw a things. list that had We Are the World on there. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, that song is so good. <laughs> it is. But yeah, Kevin, I think we. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh oh. Uh, just Bruce Springsteen yeah. and the E Street Band. 
as a collective, I fucking hate. Bruce Springsteen looks like he has to shit with I every word. I can't stand. I mean, Born on the USA was like one song, and like everything else is just like, yeah, he's just grunting. Bruce, and it's Bruce like, Springsteen is the antagonist of We Are the World. Yes. Because they, for one, <laughs> they give Bruce a ton of play in that it's song. A ton. Yeah. Fairly put in a lot of Michael. What about Al Jarreau? Al Jarreau. We talk about like. Dan Aykroyd. Huey, Huey Lewis kills it. Steve um, Perry kills it in that Cindy song. Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Willie, Willie Nelson. Like they Tina all Turner kill in it yeah. in that song. That Bruce. But for some reason, Bruce gets like three parts in that song, which tells you just what was happening at that time. I mean, that was it, it was all album. about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it was all about then. Bruce, but they yeah. were like, we're going to let Bruce just grunt through this thing. Oh. So he probably like, sorry, Elvis. Bruce has another lyric. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray Charles in that's great. Oh, it's he amazing. It's like the bridge. Oh, just still absent of Prince. Exactly. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. So. Okay. Uh, I guess it's nighttime now. So the vampires are, are welcome back in the pool. Okay. This week's critical question. A lot of ifs, but let's uh, work our way through this one. If the earth were to survive and you were turned into a vampire in, say, the 1800s, where would you want to be for eternity? Would you just travel, set up camp everywhere for a while? Like 50 years in Egypt, 50 years in Australia, you know, go to New York and City, And 50 LA. years to them is a blink of an eye. Right. Or would you be like these dudes and just like, hey, we're going to stay here on the, on the boardwalk every night. In a cave. And just uh, turn people to vampires and... You know, vampires, for some reason, in all vampire movies, they're like sexy beings. Yeah. So they're always like looking for trim. So where are we going? Nowhere. So what's a rush? You're chasing that girl, aren't you? Come on, come on, admit it, you're chasing her. <laughs> so I guess it could be worse than a boardwalk, but where, where would you set up camp if you're a vampire? Shane, what about you? Any thoughts yet? Like vampires don't eat. Like that's a big part of my existence. In this movie, they eat Chinese food. It's yeah. just food. Or, like I think they're just trying to trick that dude because yeah. they're yeah. not like, we really, I don't even know if vampires shit to be perfect. How they great would that eat? be? They never, wouldn't have to, right? Never I mean, all they drink is blood. Uh, at least they probably menstruate, right? I, you would think so. Because it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> you need a, like a vampire tampon. Yeah. Or they'd just be bloated. They'd be like ticks about ready to pop. <laughs> I don't think I'd travel that. a lot if I was a vampire. Like, But I wouldn't want to get like one of those dope-ass castles. Like, I'm a vampire man. Give me a castle. Yeah. I mean, they can I'll fly. You don't have to live in a cave. No. Like, oh, this was an old hotel. We have this giant Jim Morrison poster on the wall. You could go to Wall Street's everywhere. You could go to Walmart and buy blackout curtains yeah. i don't need to be underground right yeah you could be anywhere I, a castle's a good play i like that i even don't i don't know that at any point in time that it would ever be safe to out yourself as a vampire no no yeah. because it's like a communist in the 50s you gotta <laughs> yeah you gotta keep that under wraps i don't until, need joe mccarthy congress starts having I, people I mean, out now, you in my scenario you know you get turned into a vampire say you're 25 years old because that's a big difference too yeah now you could turn into a vampire and you gotta be 81 for history great Thanks. You're going to stake yourself. <laughs> but if you're 25 and you good looking, healthy, whatever, you can just, I would have traveled at like industrial revolutions happening. I'm going there. You know, the rise of New York city. I'm going to Manhattan. And yeah. As things took off, that's where I'm going. I'm I'd be on the moon when Armstrong lands on yeah. it. Yeah. You, you bring uh, up a valid point. Like, if you're in your 80s, what if you like you get turned and you're like three months old? Yeah. Like, you're forever a vampire. Baby. <laughs> you're you got to have people like, like get your blood formula ready for you. <laughs> you're basically like, Star Child from 2001. But would you ever yeah, become man, more intelligent like or vampire your brain can't, can't develop? Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're just like crying like the whole time. Oh, God. God, that would, God that's hard to think. Where the hell would I want to be? a horrible <laughs> existence. I don't know where I'd want. Hmm. Wouldn't you want to turn? Lake? 
<laughs> Wouldn't you want to turn everyone into vampires that you could? Then so I you'd would go like. to one beach town. Although you made a good point. Why would vampires go to a sunny beach? Yeah, I mean, right. it's a contradiction in terms. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're not going out in the daytime. Yeah. But, like, wouldn't you want to go, okay, go to a small town, turn them to vampires? That's why the concept of, uh, if you've ever seen 30 Days of Night, the right. vampires yeah, Alaska. descend on Alaska where it's all darkness. It's smart. Genius. I mean, genius. I, I, living in Warren, Ohio, I've only seen the sun like three <laughs> times in two years. Yeah. So I, I don't think I would move. We live in a yeah. very like, gray area. Yeah, but the Young, perfect spot. Youngstown's a, a good vampire candidate. I don't think I would turn a lot of people into vampires. I'm like, like that's kind of like my thing. Yeah. Like, don't fucking copy me, dude. No, why do I need to? Like, I'm, I'm like the OG. Like, I'm the fucking vampire. Like, if I would need, like. Maybe a couple uh, vampire friends, but. Yeah, maybe a couple buddies, you know, a, a good mate to uh, keep the line going. But other than that, I don't But know. not the ones, like, in this movie, like, they're all really good looking. I find it, like, ugly fat dudes and be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this like, is my crew. Kill the chance. Automatically, they're like, well, I'm going with the guy in the cape and the fucking bolo tie. Fuck yeah, man. Now, Max. Because you can wear whatever you want if you're yeah, a vampire. Works. Yeah. Max owns a video store. Why? He's a vampire. He's ahead of the vampires. Here's, we He's need, like, I want to own a video store. We need to talk another thing about this video store. That's true. So we know in the end, like, he basically hired Diane Weiss because he wants, you know, bring them into yeah. the family. Well, how may I help you this evening? We have it all. The best selection of videotapes in Santa Carla. No, actually, I'm not looking for a tape. What I need uh, is a job. It's a job. Yeah, I look that needy, huh? That aside, what about Diane Wee says, you're hip, you're trendy. I want to hire you for my video store on the boardwalk by the beach. Like, seriously. Yeah, not a 16-year-old, like, uh, yeah, Kelly Bundy is. blonde. A 45-year-old woman that's dressed like with an 85-year-old woman with yeah. a square face. Yeah. Sounds like Lisa Simpson when she talks. Yeah, yeah, she does. She does sound like Nancy Cartwright, or whoever did her voice. Well, uh, that, that transitions Smith. perfectly yeah, into logic. But it all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Well, that's a big logic issue. Why does Max own a video store and work? No, I guess he's got to have a front to welcome people in. It makes sense. I mean, he's got a house. He's got a mortgage. Yeah. But, but you have vampire powers. It seems like you could. But even Max is fucking trendy. He's wearing the 80s clothes. He's yeah. got the Corvette. Yeah. He knows what's going on in the world of pop Speaking culture. Speaking of clothing, can we talk why uh, why Sam, Corey Heyman in this movie dresses like B. Arthur? Yeah. <laughs> We fucking we talked about day. that. He wears the robe around the house. He like, has the like, oversized shirts. Yeah. It's like the pushed up with the shoulder pads and like the blazer. Yeah. Corey Haim in this movie. I'm just like, what? He was, fuck? he was the hippest kid in Arizona where they moved from. Yeah. But yeah. And now like, on the Santa Carla boardwalk, he's just another dude. Now I'll say my first logic issue, everything about the Tim Capello concert. It makes no sense. So is this a rip burn off <laughs> or do they at the boardwalk? Like sometimes you go to a beach boardwalk and it's like every Tuesday we have a free concert because for one, people kind of just seem to be walking up. No tickets, no yeah, you stroll vendors or anything. It. Yeah. It's just a concert being played for whoever wants just to walk wrist up. bands. But yeah. everybody's really into it. Big time. Like as soon, it's like Star is mesmerized. She's probably, look at his hips. But as soon as she <laughs> sees and hears the music, she starts doing like the awkward dance moves. Really awkward. And she's like really into it. And everybody is. Like everybody, at, there's like 15,000 people here all fixed on this but guy. the one thing we've learned from doing all the movies we've had so far that when they film these scenes there's no music being yeah. played so they literally are like just clap your hands pretend like you're hearing music and the music doesn't match with what she's doing yeah. at all no 
But I love this scene, yeah, though. I, it, just, I like to think it's a rib burn-off. I was just waiting for him to... Maybe it was 4th of July. I don't know. Maybe it was I mean, like one of those summer holidays. Well, then the logic becomes they're all wearing heavy clothes on the 4th of July. Again, yes. It's a chilly yeah. 89 they're degree wearing night. wool vests. Yeah. <laughs> the other logic issue I have, the vampire process we've talked about earlier. Yeah. It's, they never explain, okay, do you have to be bitten? Do you have to drink the blood? Do you have to, whatever the ritual is. It's all over the place. Look at your reflection in the mirror. Your creature of the night, Michael. Just like out of a comic book. You're a vampire, Michael. Because, and also, I don't think, I've seen a lot of vampire movies, and I don't think I've ever seen a theory as like a half vampire. Where it's like you completed half the process <laughs> by, I'm assuming the drinking the blood is what turned him into a half vampire. Not like the motorcycle race. Hey, to be a vampire, you have to race a motorcycle, <laughs> fall off a bridge, eat maggot Chinese food. I think it's the drink in the blood. So then the to continue the process, I you have to kill someone. Maybe it's like the Pfizer vaccine. Like you got to wait until you get the second <laughs> yes. blood wait 30 and days. then it, that kicks in. Like sure. you're almost kind of there, but you got to wait another month and yeah. then you're, you'll be fully protected. And then against. Bill Gates shows up at my door. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem with a different process because- a lot of vampire movies are just like, you get bit by a vampire, you're a vampire. The only way to be killed is stake through the heart, and then they don't like garlic and holy water. They In this one, different set of rules, fine. They just don't explain it enough. No, they don't. I totally agree. I guess they kind of want you to go to your own assumption. But they had, they had opportunities for the exposition because the Frog Brothers, that's literally their forte. They could have just been like, listen... Here it is. This is this is the process. I'm still convinced that they wrote and drew those fucking comics. I, I, I really think those were literally their comics. They have their they? own racket. Read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. Yeah? Yeah, I think because they kept pushing it on them. Here, check out this comic. They are fucking smut peddlers. It's a number check one. This. Yeah, it's First a number edition. one. But they, this one, I don't like horror stuff, They don't guys. work at the comic store. They just loiter there. They literally loiter. Why they have never been I their parents. Out. Didn't their parents own that place? Did well, they? in the credits, yeah. it does say... I think it's their parents' Fro place. Yeah, it says frog, frog mother, frog father. Oh, it also says five surf Nazis, too, and I didn't <laughs> yeah, see any like, surf like, Nazis. That's your parents, and they're always, like, in the back. Yeah, like, they're... Look like they're stoned out of or, their mind. Like okay. old so, hippies or something. Okay, so I just learned that. So they're kind of like just running the show. But where are the surf Nazis? I think like, those are the <laughs> those are the rival crew at the beginning of the movie when David and the vampires get onto the merry-go-round. Oh. Okay. And you see those other, you know, the dude with the white in his hair. The okay. Dude that's got a so line. those are the surf Nazis. And then the ones that they ultimately. It's not Anthony Kiedis in Point no, Break that you pointed out to me. That would be a waste of time. time. Yeah, no. Anybody else have any logic? Oh, there was one I was just thinking. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, not really. Yeah, it's kind of logic. Maybe it's just a bad, uh, a bad scene. But when uh, after they get in that that tussle with the other gang, then yeah. that one leader and his girlfriend are in the in the uh, car, and yeah. like he's trying to put the moves on her, and she has the comic book that they stole from the Frog Brothers, and it's a sad sack. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? If you didn't know what sad sack, it was like this, like a, like a subpar Beetle Bailey, like this oh, army yeah. guy. And she's laughing hysterically, yeah. hysterically at the sad sack, which is like an Archie fucking comic. Yeah, pretty much. And she's just like losing it. I'm like, there's nothing that's no. funny in that 
comic book. She's easily ever. amused, and I can admire that. I can get Before that. they get the convertible ripped off of their car uh, by these vampires who can fly, but you never see them fly. Really see them fly. I mean, you see it's, uh, David kind of hover up to the rafters. Well, that Schumacher did kind of like a Jaws thing with that, where, you know, oh, shit, the, the shark's not working. Spielberg was like, oh, well, we'll pop up these barrels. Yeah. Where they just did this thing where you hear this high-pitched, like, bats <laughs> yeah. radar sound, and like, you go... <laughs> You go from an eight million. You go from an eight million dollar budget, then to about a twenty million dollar budget because you have Kiefer Sutherland flying around right. in wires. And that's yeah. what they. That's what they did, man. Yeah. It was like, oh, it, this will make your mind think that you and actually see, they're that's, flying. That's and, another tie-in with like Gloss Boys from yeah. Peter Pan. And honestly, if you would have seen them fly, it probably would have diminished the. I think it would have looked goofy. Yeah. It looked goofy. I think they, they made the right choice. Uh, one thing I will say about this film, I don't know if you're going to cover it or not, but the soundtrack. Yeah. It's a really good The soundtrack, soundtrack is almost another character. In this. The soundtrack yeah. makes this movie so much better. Yes. The, the theme song, The Cry Little Sister, first of all, written yeah. for the movie. Yes. We analyzed Blind, blind Boys Don't Cry. One of the best like uh, theme songs well, yeah. for a horror movie probably ever. One of the things that Jim noticed is when the first time you hear that song and they're in the cave, it's shot like a music video. Yeah. They're transitioning yeah. Michael's face over stars and you see David kind of come in like very white the Carpathian. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's, it's this whole music. They literally do like a music video in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And they do it twice. And there was a, like Kiefer Sutherland's main reason he said for doing this film was because of the soundtrack. Yeah, it's great. Because the music they got involved in, I read at Schumacher, one of the ways he got NXS's good times to be in the movie is he said he would direct a video for them. Can you imagine? And he directed Devil Inside. And wow. Fuck, for, really? For yeah. NXS, that's what he was, he, he was like, oh, I need this music. Yeah. So he was like making wheels and wheeling and dealing. He was going all over man. town just promising. He was bartering yeah. and, and then he was Bob like, Gildoff. do whatever he wanted because yeah. he's like, this has to have a killer soundtrack. And like, then fucking Bob Geldof was like, excuse me? And then bye bye. <laughs> Michael <laughs> it's not just that the soundtrack's so good either. It's it's the use of the soundtrack in the movie because yeah, it's perfect. There it's, would be a the, lot the of songs. If you're on the boardwalk, work. there's work. a lot of background music. Yeah. And then like the surf Nazis are listening to Run DMC, which yeah. is like right. almost like a weird song to use for this movie, but it works great. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's great for that scene. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's definitely a good one. So why don't we go ahead and that's a perfect transition because the soundtrack is a legacy oh, big time. of this movie. So what else is the legacy of this movie? Uh, now, first, I would say I absolutely love this movie. You obviously absolutely love this movie, Yo, Shane. Yeah, for sure. Jim, you're watching it for the first time. <laughs> yes, I think you enjoyed yeah, it. How, yes, I did. How did you feel like going into it? Like, you, did you know anything about it? Like, you knew vampires, obviously. I knew but vampires, but you that, knew the Corys were in it. That was, I, I knew the very basics. I actually was going to go into thinking this movie's going to fucking just be talked up. It's going to be hammy. It's going to be very cheap. I fucking loved it. It was really good. I think well, it was executed real it stands well. stands up. I think it still stands up. I think it does stand up. It literally couldn't have been a better time for that movie to have been filmed. Now, oh, yeah. first, excellent. first legacy of this movie is something Shane pointed out, and he's absolutely correct on. This is the launch of the Corys. We don't ride with vampires. Fine. Stay here. 
We do now. Yep. So first one where the, they saw kind of like them working together and the chemistry of these two. Yeah, you had the two Corys who went on license to drive throughout Dream a, a number Dream. of movies. Yeah. Dream a Little Dream is weird, and then Dream yeah. a Little Dream Two is even weirder. weirder. I didn't know they made a sequel. Dream a Little <laughs> Dream Two has a twenty minute, like it. It feels like it's twenty minutes. So basically, some business owner gets a hold of sunglasses. He ships them to Corey Feldman, and there's a whole new set of rules. Okay. But there's like a because you know Feldman obsessed with Michael Jackson. There's like a twenty. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> what did this yeah. happen? There's like a twenty minute performance of Corey Feldman dancing to like a bad Michael oh, Jackson like Muzak ripoff track, and he's just dancing in his apartment. Watch what we should have a movie night where we watch both those back to back because it is bizarre. First one pretty good. It is what it is. It's basically a Freaky Friday. Yes. And then the second one, really strange. Can you imagine that there is a point in time with these certain Feldman movies, not even Haim involved, where a director or a writer sat down and go, Feldman, we got to do this goddamn Michael Jackson thing again, or he's not going to do the like movie. anything <laughs> post like 1993. Yeah. Because oh, like yeah. pre that time, Corey Feldman was a jug, like amazing. Yeah. If you yeah. look at his body of work, yeah. like yeah. Gremlin, Stand By Me, like you have yeah. all these classic, shit. amazing yes. movies. And then he just went yeah, way the, off the to the night. Well, I saw him at the Nibingi, and I will say, excellent. You know, Gilmantera opened, the champions played, champions yep. of all time played. Corey Feldman walks out on stage. He's got his back to the crowd. He looks, he's got this weird duster on. He looks like a scarecrow. <laughs> and Cheapest I don't creepers. know who did this, but the, it was the best thing I've ever experienced. I think there's a YouTube video. I could be wrong. Somebody shot a bottle rocket, but they, the <laughs> second he finally turned around, hit the bottle rocket hit him. <laughs> so after the song, he goes, guys, I know we're all really having a great time, but please don't shoot me with bottle rockets. <laughs> it's as if he, it happened before. And like, he has to specifically this, say it. And this is like, like it's in my rider. Yes, right. <laughs> no fireworks shot at my He's, face. I think he got his way because I think he was like, please don't. And then know what he did. This was right after like he was on Stern with his fiance. That's right. I remember. Oh, that. that's Susie. That's yeah. super hot. And she was there oh, selling geez. his merch and... Really weird time. I love that I was there. Yeah, that's cool. I, I can never, you know, that's a memory I, I love to have, and I don't I, ever want to forget I that I still love, I love the reality show, The Two Corys. I remember watching Haim that. moved into them, and I could not stop watching. I was, like, addicted to that oh, show. Haim. I felt so, so bad for Corey Haim. Uh, Schumacher unsuccess, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Schumacher unsuccessfully attempted to get a sequel off the ground several times in the 90s, which I would have loved. Give me more. Like, yeah. As long as Schumacher's on board and he's got a new right. idea, he tried so hard. So obviously, I don't know if they were wearing hammer pants and stuff, but whatever it was, <laughs> you know, I would have, I would have taken it. I would have seen it. But all we ended up with was two direct to DVD sequels, which I will say to avoid called Lost Boys, The Tribe and Lost Boys, The Thirst. Is Jake Busey in the second? Probably. He's in everything. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like, like something you like would have done. It was like Clint Howard, Jake Busey. It was like, because <laughs> oh, Jake loaded. Busey could pull off a David-esque. He's got that same kind yeah, of I can So see speaking face. of siblings of more famous people, in the tribe, Kiefer Sutherland's half-brother, Angus Sutherland, plays the lead vampire named Shane Powers. Oh, Jesus. Are you sounds, scared of that vampire, like Shane Powers? <laughs> it sounds like you literally made that up. Yes, exactly. Like everything. <laughs> Even the person, Angus Sutherland. Yes. Like, this sounds like no, all of that's April Fool's. So there was a, uh, a team. TV show about the Frog Brothers that never got made. A there was a 2000s. There's been a couple comic series I think specifically that follow the Frog Brothers. 
So apparently in the comic, the Frog Brothers have to protect Star, who has sisters who are vampires. I thought you were going to say yeah, syphilis. Oh, <laughs> syphilis. <laughs> yeah, but Things got really weird, man. Really weird. They just, uh, so I know that um, Corey Haim did not get cast. I believe, I don't think he was upset about the directed DVD movie. I think it was like the TV show that was supposed to happen. And they told him, they were like, we don't. Need you have it's any interest? Completely I, drugged out. If too. you watch the two Corys, it talked like them going to pitch this yeah. with the other Frog Brothers. Because I remember him breaking down. Name. He broke down and cried. Yeah, because like, yeah, that was mess. like their legacy almost. Like yeah. this is all we have. Like or all he had. Well, Corey Feldman too. He wasn't doing shit. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, man, yeah, we can like get this, you know. But I think it was just Haim at that point was such a train wreck. I don't think any studio, even a small no. independent. Film wouldn't risk it. Anything to do? Which, I feel so bad for those dudes. Here, yeah. here's a weird connection I do have with Corey Haim. I was in a movie, an independent horror movie called I'm not going to say B movie, like a G movie. Yeah, called The Girl. Okay, and they were getting. They had like Michael Jackson's bodyguard, the guy who played uh, Jason Voorhees as a kid jumping out of the canoe. Okay. I'm not making this shit up. These yeah. are the real people, the stars they're pitching, and we're supposed to have Corey Haim. Oh, he was supposed to be in this movie, and it was kept getting pushed back. And his times w- 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 on set were pushed back, and locations, and he couldn't get them, and blah blah blah. This is going on for a year. Finally, he died of the the heart problem or condition mm-hmm. so it was like oh man it never i could have been in a movie yeah. Corey fucking Haim. Corey Haim, but it never came to fruition yeah. i was like oh that sucks uh, I, yeah i feel bad for the two Corys. i mean yeah. i feel bad for any person that's thrust into celebrity as a child mm-hmm. they're never right we talked about millie bobby brown last week yeah and i just feel like she's great whatever i just when you're a kid you lose your childhood you're like thrust into a collision course with going off the rails yeah and yeah the, you have a job you're yeah basically right. a, you you're you're seven and you have a, a yes, job right and mm-hmm. people are depending on you to and make you have money a, a lot mm-hmm. of money and a lot of people pulling you in different directions right and you know as an adult it's hard enough to to struggle with like who can i trust who can i but imagine being 11 years old 15 years old and you're making a million dollars or whatever. It's too much. And so the Corys, yeah, I just, I felt bad for both of them. They were in a, a bunch of movies and both, like Corey Feldman did his pay-per-view event. Was that last year with the whole, oh, where he told the story yeah. of Corey Haim and, you know, he talked about Michael Jackson and stuff. It, it's just sad what became, hopefully Corey Feldman has a future ahead of him still, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, the, the sexual abuse and pedophilia part, especially yeah. like uh, that's, heartbreaking where yes people just did not care and w- did not listen or would not listen right and even with Corey Vi- was telling people hey this is what's going on it took till years later till me too well, probably because of weinstein people, and everything yeah, yeah would, would yeah. actually like oh okay maybe he's just not this goofy dude yeah. who's who's looking for attention and, and it's too late and it was too late i mean abs- it was yeah. too late yeah. it's it awful really was. so um, let's, uh, let's go to the plugs. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard. And this is the pool scene podcast. Once again, pool sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at 
Pool Scene Podcast. Also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. All right. We are down into the landing strip. And after I throw these out there, hopefully you two have, in a nice way, uh, some oddities about your school experience. So I was I was thinking about something completely. I don't know what made me think of it. So I was thinking about this very bold move. A kid I went to school with in like late elementary school and middle school used to, and before anybody says otherwise, he did not have, he wasn't doing chemo or anything, but he made a conscious choice from like ages 11 to 15 to shave his head bald like Stone Cold Steve Austin or Goldberg. Really? And I was thinking, I was like, wow. there's no way he possibly could have done that himself. No, because if you ever even use clippers on your own hair, oh, God. you always miss a section. Mm-hmm. This dude always had like a perfect Mr. Clean head. Yeah, I literally shaved my head like every two or three days. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And I'm like, it's how tricky. does an 11-year-old do this? And people used to ask like, <laughs> why are you both, you have cancer? And he was like, no, it's just badass. It's cool. <laughs> and he would wear like a lot of like skull shit and leather. I think he yeah. was kind of a cowboy tough type, you know, probably yeah. hangs out at truck night. I wonder where his parents were to let that shit go down. Well, right. And then by high school, he would wear just like stubble. Like he'd shave it with clippers. Yeah, he wouldn't full Statham. Because parents were probably like, I'm not shaving your fucking head anymore. Done. I have carpal tunnel. So the other one is I went to school with a kid. And this one's less weird for me for some reason, just because we got used to it. Is by the time this kid got to high school, he was absolutely covered in tattoos. Hands, neck. I think he might have had a face tattoo. Like his back, everything. Completely covered. By the time he was 14, 15 years old. Now, a little bit more explainable because his dad was in a biker gang. So, like, he was around <laughs> Perfect. That. He was around that in yeah. high school. And But the weirdest part of it, it, the weirdest part of the equation is that our teachers would all call him Little Skull Daddy. <laughs> so, they wouldn't even call him by his name. He was... Did he request this? I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know if his dad was Big Skull Daddy and he oh, was Little Skull Daddy, but like, like he came in on the on the uh, parent teacher conference yeah. and he's like with the, like the whole well, motorcycle. Little game. Skull like, Daddy's got all he's these. Little Skull Daddy yeah. from here on out. It was just stuff in school is so like formative, and I th- like I think like a kid, an eleven year old shaved his head bald, and another kid was covered in tattoos, and it's just like so strange to think about. I had my senior high school. I took theatrics class it was kind of one of those like right off you know your senior you need to fill in your schedule there was this kid that was two grades below me so he was a sophomore he was notorious for saying hey do this okay there was never any negotiation i'll just fucking do it so in our theatrics class which was a if you imagine a high school built in like the late 40s early 50s it was a really it was in the basement big classroom but it had nooks and crannies where if you wanted to go hide in a corner you can get away with it so one kid goes to him and goes hey Go shit in a corner. <laughs> so he proceeds to, in the middle of class, get up, walk into the corner of the room, just takes a shit right on the oh, fucking ground. man. Doesn't wipe. Puts his pants back on, sits back down in class. Uh. And our teacher goes, hey, what did you do? He's like, I didn't do anything. And then he got dared on. We went on a field trip. How old? How old? He would have been 16, okay. 15 or 16. This All was right. a little kid. All right. So we went on a field trip to go see this uh, this one play for theatrical class. He sat in the back of the bus. And all of a sudden, I hear this kid go, hey, Chris, draw on the tip of your dick. Okay. <laughs> Gives him a pen. He starts. He stands up. 
the teacher is sitting all the way at the front of the bus. <laughs> he stands up in the middle of the aisle, whips his dick out, and starts drawing a face on the tip of his dick. And then he starts fucking beating no! off. He starts jerking what? off. And then the teacher turned around and goes, what are you doing? And he got fucking yelled at. Didn't get a detention or anything. Well, no. He didn't get, you know. How, how do you not get a detention? He didn't get a detention. He shit in the room. And then it gets to the point where if the teacher, there was kids in the class, and the teacher started speaking up. You'd hear one of the guys go, hey, shut the fuck up, Ron. Is shit. he in prison now? Oh, no. This kid was just the <laughs> He's a U.S. senator. Yeah, probably. This is when jackass was completely the yeah. thing. Okay. And, uh, so yeah. in, uh, this ninth, is time to in shine. ninth grade, I remember being so scared. Um, but in ninth grade, our one of our buddies yeah. was uh, sitting in a desk. We did all the backyard wrestling and stuff. And I remember just being like, Hey, leg drop. I got up on a desk next to him and leg drop. The <laughs> desk exploded. I mean, like completely exploded. So I go, hey, switch seats with me. I sat on the desk and held it together for the entirety of class. Bell rings. You get up. Yeah. Drops. I, bell rings. I like set it like together. So it's just holding. Literally 10 minutes later, I'm in like the next classroom over here. <gasps> what happened? Like <laughs> somebody had went to probably put their books down and the whole thing. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, it was, it was like some overweight was, kid, and that just fucked him up for the rest was, of his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, sat down yeah. He's like, oh, come on. But it was funny because I'm holding this desk together. So the teacher's like, why'd you guys switch seats? And I was like, I don't know, just something to do. And then <laughs> there's like sawdust and screws all around the, the desk. It's obvious. Great construction. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. School's weird. Like you think about, <laughs> school's weird. you think about kids that did stuff like that and where they are now, and it's just the shitting story. When when I was in like maybe third grade, we had this girl who had just come to our school. In my theory, she probably didn't know where the bathroom was. She oh had God. just moved here or something. Well, we used to have to get like chaperoned up from lunch when you're in elementary school. They'd mm-hmm. walk you in a line, single file up to your back of your classroom, drop you off. When we got back to the classroom, she's sitting in her desk already. Uh-oh. There's what looks to be like Tootsie Rolls under her oh, desk. She had a perfectly produced and she, shit. And she's just sitting there like nothing's wrong. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it smells kind of like a litter box. And uh, oh. yeah, it was. But I'm like pebble shits. Yeah. Stuff like that will haunt you forever. In God. homecoming, uh, sophomore, junior year, a popular girl shit all over someone's house. <laughs> got hammered, you know, got drunk, couldn't control it. Shit down the hallway and stuff. <laughs> And I remember people being like, shouldn't this ruin her life? Like, can't we make fun of her? And people being like, she was, she drank a lot. She was really sick. But it's like, if I I did that, I'd have to transfer school. At the same time, you're like, no, you shit your pants. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you have IBS. It does. Like, you shit your pants. You're shitty pants for the rest of your life. You are tagged. I know a guy in college. We still call him. That was 30 some years ago. You're wearing a brown letter for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we even talked about a couple. I don't remember what episode it was, but I remember one time, like, got the bubble guts, like, got real sick in middle class. Didn't even ask the teacher to go or anything. And I just got up and walked into the restroom. And I'm sitting there whatever and then she sent a kid to go check on yeah. me he comes back into the classroom and says oh he's in there taking a shit he's fine like <laughs> and tells the whole class but for whatever re- everybody shits mostly every day why but was for that some reason it was a death wish. why was that such a thing where if some kid would catch you taking a shit in school you were marked for life exactly it's like i'm hey, shitting oh, that's, dude, that's the dude that's who a- took a shit that was the thing i went to howland and there was never a door on any there never was. And any stall was like taking a shit in a gulag. Why like is you that? Go in there. Did the school not like, have budgets for doors? I don't, I don't know if they were doing fucking, they thought you were doing drugs or yeah, they shit. Yeah, shooting up or smoking weed. And I'm just like, can I just take a shit in peace? Yeah. Like the bell rings. You know, I got everyone from your 
Like a study hall come yeah. in and watch you. In our house. And they would stand there and watch you shit. They're like, watch, they're talking to you. Yeah, like, yeah man. <laughs> well, talking. I'm going to wipe now. Yeah. You want to? There was a. Maybe give me a, 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 a tad of decorum and self respect. Like, we're not in prison together. Yeah. In our gym locker room, there was uh, just a toilet, like, hovering in the middle of the room with no stall doors or anything. But some kids were super brave and they were just like, I got to shit. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I can't wait until I get to another path. I'm just going to shit and just don't look. You'd walk by, they'd be like, don't fucking look. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to see you shit. I don't want to see you shit. So. Oh, this is turning like into the brown class, strip. man. There was like, there was like two kids that would like take a shower. I'm like, I'm not getting naked no, in the middle no, of my school no, day in front no. of my friends. Well, we do our fair share. <laughs> this is, this is not the military. I'm not going overseas to like fight the Kaiser. We follow There's no our, reason for me to be naked in front of you. No. We cover our fair share of 70s and 80s movies and a, a bunch of high school movies where it's like. The gym teacher walking around forcing the kids to get a shower. Yes. Now, even if there were showers, that should be completely optional because if I want to stink, that's on me. Yeah, yeah. I'll go home. But the gym teacher's like, get like in just one of the guys. Yes. It's <laughs> like they have to get it. It's like, why? Why do they have to shower? Yeah. Why is that part of this? Oh, my God. You're also graded on hygiene in the yeah, apparently. <laughs> class. Right now, never took a shower at school. Never took a shower after a football game or anything. Just no, didn't have I'm any not a interest. Big public shower guy. Like, yeah, no, neither no. That's my time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When <laughs> it's I, my time in here. When <laughs> it's I, your time. It's your there. time out there. When I go to the uh, I go to the Y in Boardman and, and I get one of those uh, swim personal bathrooms that has a shower in it. Because then I can lock the door, take a shower in peace, rather than like old guy conversation time. They all want to sit around with their dicks out. Yeah, yeah cattle call in there. Yeah. Well, this was a fun landing strip. Yeah. <laughs> Talking a lot about a lot about shit and a lot about uh, public showering and vampire shitting in the shower. Shane, any any comedy on the horizon? Hopefully, I'm talking with uh, Nick, who's the owner of Cork and Cap out there on Elm Road in Warren, Ohio. We uh, did uh, comedy there monthly for a year until uh, COVID, and we're talking about getting things back up and running again. So, hopefully, in their future, uh, mid to late April, early May at the latest. Uh, right now, there's we don't have a lot of things. Hopefully, things will start opening up yeah. this summer. Uh, we can get maybe get some outdoor venues. Yeah. I was actually I have a huge backyard thinking about just putting a stage up and having yeah, people come over awesome. to my house yeah. awesome. and uh, making you guys shit in the woods <laughs> while now, I while I stare directly pre, at you, making eye contact. Yeah, now, I, I don't know how much pool you have, but pre-COVID, Shane Torres was brought in to yeah. do a show, and I didn't even yeah, yeah. know about it until like the day of the show. And it's not like I'm a, a hermit and don't go and social media and i just didn't even know about till like the day of i totally would have come out for that so yeah. hopefully or not that you know you guys aren't great but like it'd be cool to see it's good to see you like we're hoping i'm hoping the funny farm opens back up down yeah. there on uh federal street in mm -hmm. youngstown um when it's safe again and uh nate is comfortable again at west side bull we also always do shows there and mm -hmm. that's a great uh venue in a, a place to see uh live comedy and live music uh, there's not a lot of those around anymore. <laughs> Jim, are you retired from stand-up? I would say I think he, I'm officially retired. <laughs> he, he says that. He'll be back. It's been, what, two and a half Doesn't years? Doesn't matter. It was like seven the last yeah, time. And he came two back and, and, and he did, he did two shows and, that. He, and he killed. Yeah. yeah, I used to do it. Oh, fucking what? We used to do it every, what, twice a week? Oh. All the time, it seemed like. We had, so a, much. we had a place, yeah, at least twice a week. Every every month, we had a, like four or five venues. I, I remember there were a couple times where I would try to end the show with 
with something different. But we're we gonna do the situation joke. Fuck yeah! Here we go again. I, I just I like Navi. I was talking about the collision course, and I hope to see Jim do stand up at the high lie again. Oh god, yeah, yeah remember? <laughs> Shane, remember that? I did the. Oh uh, my god, the, that's, uh, that's the, like 10, 11 years yeah, ago. Yeah, the bathtub joke where I decided to close the show the with Spider-Man joke. N- me jerking off in the oh, bathtub yeah, and having, yeah, yeah, yeah. having all my jizz matted in my chest hair. I ended it with that. It, it, they never wanted to stand up again. <laughs> they went out of yeah. business. <laughs> I think you I know, had to follow him. <laughs> I think I had to follow that. It was one of those things as you're talking. Because I was like, headlining, so I obviously yeah, did. I remember standing there delivering now. I'm like, where is this fucking going, man? Because these people <laughs> are just looking at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? The, the 11 hillbillies are just staring at us. <laughs> Trying to eat wings. Like, this guy's talking about coming on his chest. Eating their wings with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> just sucking on the bone. Like, what? Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right. Well, next week, uh, it's the deep end. I don't know what we're doing yet. We're still figuring it out. We're figuring we close it out. Close out season number four. <laughs> Stay <Yeah>. tuned. Yes. <laughs> Until next week. We're going to do Lost Boys the Tribe. We should. Let's do it. Let's Can we do call it. Angus Sutherland? Let's, let's do the Tribe and the Thirst. Angus Sutherland's coming over. The trifecta. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Until next week. Silencia. Silencia.